I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is New York Game Day, presented by Bet365. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. Slowman's low prices, zero sacrifices. For 100 years, Slowman's has been a staple in home comfort. Call 1-866-OIL-DEAL. And by Nissan, you deserve a car that thrills you. And Nissan's got an exciting full line that'll put goosebumps on your goosebumps. Experience the thrill yourself. Shop your local Nissan store at Nissan.com today. Oh, it's the final day of the NFL regular season. It's coming to an end. New York game day. Ty Butler in for Anita Marks. We've got Mike Tannebaum here, Amani Toomer. And now it's time for the Rich Samini Report uh, brought to you by London Jewelers. We go up to Foxborough. We bring him in. Does an excellent job covering the New York Jets. Good morning. Happy New Year, Rich Samini. Good morning, gentlemen. Happy New Year to you guys. Uh, Little snow, not not much snow yet in Foxborough. It looks like it snowed overnight, but it's not right now. But I think it's going to pick up as we get closer to game time. Rich, it, it, it is snowing really hard. What are you talking about? Are you not here? It is. It has come down hard. Mike, I'm a mile from the stadium. It's it's flurrying right now. So I don't know. Maybe you're in a snow squall in the stadium or something. But you know, not too bad right now. I, I must be really soft, and because this this looks like snow to me. I'm sitting on the 41 yard line right here, and it's snowing. He's got the Miami, uh, the, the Miami thing. All right, going maybe over I'm just overly optimistic here, and uh, it doesn't seem too bad out here in the parking lot. All right, Rich, let's start here. It's a question I floated around this show. You know, asking Mike, asking Amani, talking to the callers. So I understand the report comes out, Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, both safe. I get it. But, I mean, imagine this gets really ugly today, and you're staring at one of the most pathetic performances of, a, of an ugly season already in Foxborough, division rival against a team that stinks. Is there a chance you kind of you know, change your mind if you're Woody Johnson? If you watch the product today and it's so embarrassing, it's, it's terrible for the brand, you've got to make a different decision. Uh, boy, you're painting a doomsday scenario there, Ty. Um, it's the Jets. You know, you know I, it's on the table. It's the Jets. Yeah, yeah. Um, hold on. Yeah. Today's nosing to me for your real review mirror there. Got it. That's how we see them. Put it up there. Yeah. All right. Sorry about that, guys. Mike's dealing with some, some people trying to attack him in, in Foxborough. Yeah, we got a feisty policeman on the... My gosh, what kind of cops do they have working here at uh, Foxborough? But, uh... Man, he just grabbed your phone and started talking, huh? <laughs> yeah, so here we go. So on that question, guys, uh, no, I don't think Woody Johnson is going to change his mind. He made a pretty a pretty strong commitment to these guys, um, knowing that, you know, maybe it does get a little ugly toward the end. I was a little surprised by the timing of that vote of confidence, you know, three games to go to come out and say that, that was unusual, I thought. Um, in a sense, they, you know, they were packing up the season right there, I think. But, no, I don't think – I think they're committed to these guys, and I don't think anything 
could change his mind at this point. And, and Rich, now you go ahead. Sorry, sorry, yeah, no, sorry, was, Mike. Go ahead. Uh, uh, um, we were talking earlier. Everyone's assuming that this was all driven by what is best for Aaron Rodgers. I assume that you you agree with that sentiment. Oh no, question, Mike. Yeah, I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers obviously is holding a lot of influence within the organization. So yeah. what would make so next let's just forward fast forward to next year. What would make this Aaron Rodgers, you know, getting all these players, bringing in Hackett, bringing in, you know, keeping Sala, what would make this all cuz it it seems like it's a lot to to stomach if you're a Jet fan like you're giving your entire organization over to this 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 quarterback who was great in the past Injured this year, had a great preseason. I mean, it seemed like this whole year was was dedicated to Aaron Rodgers and and re, rehabilitating his public image. What would make it worth it for the Jets fans next year? What What do you think a record would be for them to say, "Oh, well, it was all worth it. I'd do it again." I mean, you got to go make a long run to the Super Bowl. I mean, it's, I think anything short of a long January next year would be a major disappointment for the Jets. I mean, they didn't get this guy to go 9-8, and eight, you know, I mean, especially after every, everything that happened this year and, and essentially everybody getting a mulligan on the year. Uh, you know, it only heightens the expectations for next year. I think this year, had they, you know, maybe snuck into the playoffs at 10-7 and, 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 you know, went one and done, I you say, okay, well, this is a good building block for next year, and he's coming back healthy. And, but there was no this year. So it only heightens the expectations for next year. And I think if um, – yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, if they don't win a playoff game or two, get a home playoff game, go to the Super Bowl next year, I think it's a disappointment. Talking to Rich Samini, Rich, how bad of a look for this organization and the coaching staff is it that you look all around the league and you can say, well, no, your your playoff chances didn't end when you lost Rodgers in week one because look at Cleveland, fourth-string quarterback. Look at what the Steelers have done. I get they haven't clinched the playoff spot yet, but they're in the mix uh, on their backup quarterback. Cincinnati winning football games. Indianapolis came ultra close. Vikings hung in there for a while. You look all around the league, many teams lost their quarterbacks and still found a way to be relevant late. What does it say about the Jets that they didn't – you know, put themselves in position to do that. Well, it's not a good look, that's for sure. I mean, we saw a team they played last week, the Cleveland Browns. I mean, prime example, I mean, Kevin Stefanski will probably win coach of the year. Fourth quarterback, Joe Flacco, uh, you know, a jumbled offensive line just like the Jets, you know, but a really good defense supposedly just like the Jets. And look what Cleveland's done. They've had a, you know, a tremendous year. And I just think it was a great coaching job. And this year, you know, the Jets coaches did not do a good job. I mean, it, the season, you know, it could have been salvaged when Rod. I mean, they were what four and three at one point. They beat yeah. Philadelphia going into their bye week. Remember the good vibes that particular time of the year going into that bye week, coming off that win, and then they come out and they beat the Giants. And you know, that was an ugly win, but still, it was a win. And you're thinking the Jets can play good defense, you know, run the ball and, and coach around Zach Wilson, and then it all fell apart. So the coaching staff doesn't get that much of a pass, in my opinion, because if they got the team to that point, why couldn't they continue it? And so this is, 
this is a you know not a great look for Robert Sala and his coaching staff. It's not a great look for the front office that clearly came up short at backup quarterback and on the offensive line and at wide receiver. So this is a a, a full organizational failure this year. So Rich, yeah, what I was going to say, what, what changes do you expect, if any? I don't expect a lot. I mean, we know the key people are coming back, and that includes Nathaniel Hackett. Um, could they change one or two pieces on offense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's not going to be a coordinator. Um, you know, they, the offensive line coach, I think, is someone to look at. I mean, although Robert Sala, that's a Sala guy. Sala hired him last year. They've known each other a long time. I'm talking about Keith Carter, of course. The offensive line was an absolute mess this year. Now, granted, they did start 13 different players, which is which is just mind-boggling. But still, mental errors every week, breakdowns, simple stuff was not getting done and communicated. And uh, I think I'm curious to see what happens to Keith Carter. He'd be a guy to keep an eye on. Yeah, that offensive line seemed like a, an issue. But also, on the other side of the ball, I keep saying it week in and week out because I thought when I heard them talking earlier in the season and them talking about how they were the eighty going to be the 85 Bears and then everybody giving excuses because they were on the field too long because their offense wasn't good. The 85 Bears had a horrible offense. Anyway, what's going to change on this defense? What's going to make this team be live up to the Robert Sala kind of uh, all gas, no breaks defense? Because this year they were a lot of breaks. I thought I was going to get this question from Mike because he's been on the defense all year, so you guys switched it up a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it's been a disappointing year for the defense. Now they're going to end up, I don't know, they'll end up in the top ten in yards allowed. Uh, they improved in t- takeaways compared to last year. They had a lot more takeaways. But I think in, in a general sense, it was kind of a disappointing year for the defense. The, the expectations were higher. Uh, they were supposed to be an elite defense. They cannot blame injuries. Unlike the offense, the defense was remarkably healthy this year. I mean, they lost Al Woods early on to an Achilles, and they lost Quint Jefferson. Okay, but that's probably like their ninth or tenth starter, uh, like on the on the list, like the ninth or tenth best guy. So all of their key guys were there all year on defense, and so that's what made it such a disappointment. Uh, their run defense got leaky at times. And I expected more. Now, the good news is they do have nine of 11 starters coming back. And I think if they add a safety and add a defensive tackle, uh, I think the defense can get back pretty quickly. Talking to Rich Samini here, what did you make uh, this week? It was announced that Rodgers won the uh, most uh, inspirational player award for the Jets. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm glad you asked me about that, Ty, because, like, so I wrote a story on that. It got posted, and it, went, it just, like, went viral. And there was so much backlash on that, you know, people mocking the Jets and Rodgers. And I understand he's made some controversial comments lately, and I get that part of it. But looking you at think, it strictly from you, a football – It's turned into a national yeah. story. <laughs> yeah, outside I mean, of football. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at – I mean, clearly he – he's got to do better with his word choices. I mean, I'm, that's an understatement. But, I mean, looking at it strictly from a, a football he, he, sense, I do Rich, think he was Rich, their most wait, wait, hold on a second. Rich, you, you just said he has to do better with his word choice. He, he <laughs> accused somebody who has a national show of being a pedophile. Like, that, that's not word choice. 
it's not funny, but it's not. It's it's only laughing because it make you cry. It'll cry, but it's 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 no, totally it, irresponsible. It isn't funny. I mean, it, I mean, it, it, it was defame. It was it was defamation. I mean, I get it. Yeah. I don't want. I don't really want to dip my toes into that water. I'm going to stay in my lane here and just deal with sports. But you're right, Mike. There there were massive ramifications to what he said. Yeah, I mean, and like, I'm very curious. If, yeah. Like, because my point is, like, we, we, we could criticize, you know, people for making bad draft choices or, you know, this, that, or the other thing. But, like, when you start going into things like what happened with Jeffrey Epstein and how reprehensible all that was, like, I think that was so beyond the pale of, like, acceptable. Like, I was I was shocked that, that he went there. What, and you're the leader of a New York do? NFL team. Like, I was just going to ask you that, Mike. What would you have done in that situation if you're the GM of this team? Well, I'm going to ownership and make sure that we're aligned because those are institutional decisions. But, you know, Aaron's too smart and too calculated. Like, he knew exactly what he was doing. And it was just disappointing because, again, you could say Jimmy Kimmel is dumb. You could say Jimmy Kimmel isn't funny. Obviously, there's, like, a personal vendetta there. But, like, to bring in something about Jeffrey Epstein, like, I, I, I was just shocked. And, like, again – Given his platform, given the fact that he's the most notable person of an NFL team in New York, like there's a time and a place you want to go after Jimmy Kimmel, have at it. Like you want to have vengeance, no problem. But there's a time and a place. But to bootstrap it to what happened with an unspeakable tragedy that has impacted countless women and girls, like what are we doing here? And if you're part of the Jets organization, if you're not outraged by that, like what does that say about your organization? Like, uh, like. That's not one you just sweep under the rug. You, like, what do we stand for? Like, what, what what is about our company, our organization, our team? Like, what do we stand for at the end of the day? Like, have, have people really thought about, like, what happened with that guy? Mike, I agree with everything you said. I mean, I think the question we'll, we're going to meet with Joe Douglas on Monday, tomorrow, and I think the question that has to be asked, you know, we're going to meet with Woody Johnson at some point over the next few days. I mean, I'm curious to get his take on that. Hopefully we get a chance to meet with Aaron Rodgers to get his take on that. Um, I'm sure he'll address it in some fashion on Tuesday's McAfee show. Um, You're raising great points, Mike. I mean, I can't disagree with anything. Uh, Ty was asking about specifically that award, and I was just going to answer it from a football sense. Yeah, so I want to hear your answer about that. Yeah, and, and in a sense... It, I mean, it is hard. I guess it is hard to differentiate, you know, the off-the-field comments to what, you know, to the same day of winning that award. So I'll try to look at it strictly from a football sense. The players voted on it, and they vote on it every year. I know some people said, how could you give an inspirational award to a 6-10 and 10 team? It's an annual award. The players vote on it. Clearly, they thought he was the most inspirational player. I mean, he made a great comeback, although it fell short in the end. He didn't get back on the field to play. But I think the players felt, you know, from talking to them all year long, they felt it was really inspiring that he came back to practice in two and a half months and that uh, that really inspired them. And so I'm not shocked at all that he won that award. The players are voting in a vacuum. They're not voting based on what Rogers is saying on the McAfee show. They're, they're voting based on what they see on a daily basis and him practicing. Well, he could have been back in Malibu doing his thing, rehabbing there. He came back to the team for the last six weeks and made a really good effort to get back on the field, even though I think we knew that it was really – he had a snowball's chance in, in hell of getting back, but he gave it a shot. 
and fell short, but that inspired his teammates. And I think in that context, he deserved the award. You know, if you look at it from a, a wide-angle view of everything that's going on, yeah, then we definitely have some stuff to talk about. Well, we really appreciate you joining us, Rich. Mike Tannenbaum is going to be on the call of this game for ESPN Radio, so hey, why don't you go up to the booth and bother him a little bit? Hey, hey Rich. <laughs> I'm going to march, hey, I'm Rich, gonna march up to the booth right down. now. I, Rich, I know you're up in the press box. Like, we're at this lower level, so if you could grab some clam chowder and bring it down to uh, level one, I, I would appreciate it. <laughs> All right. I, well, well, let's, you'd be, let's you'd be very inspirational together. by doing that. How about that, that Mike? <laughs> <laughs> and, Rich, we need you to we're stay away. We're going to continue this conversation in the press box, Mike. Stay, I'm stay not in the press box, Rich. That's what I'm telling you. I'm, uh, I'm down here in level one. I know where you one. are. Okay. I know where you are. I'm coming for you. I know where you are. And Rich, avoid the authorities, man. We need you to be able to put out a game story after this. You, you talk, you're talking about talking to Joe Douglas and, and Sala well, and all. It's not going to happen from a jail cell, my man. So avoid those guys. I, I, I'm just happy that I got in the parking lot. We had some rent-a-cop there who was a little kicked off that I didn't have my parking pass on my rearview mirror, and I was just holding it. So evidently that was uh, – a big no-no here in Foxborough, but uh, we got in the parking lot. And Rich, we're heading up. There. You're always, you're always trying to bend the rules, Rich. Just put it on your, uh, put it on your rearview mirror, man. That's the problem. I'm a rule breaker, man. I'm a rule breaker. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is rubbing off onto everybody, huh? Oh man, I know. <laughs> Rich is pulling up to the parking lot thinking he's Bill Belichick, man. You can't. There's, there's rules around here, man. There's rules around here. Do you here. know who I am? Do you know who I am? That's what he said. I was. The credentials were in full view of that policeman. He just decided to try to be a tough guy. Oh, man. Renikovs. Uh, we, we've learned about them, yeah. especially in movies. Well, thank yeah. you, Rich. We appreciate you joining the show, man. Uh, do me a Thanks favor. Like right, I said, go, go bother Mike Tannenbaum. We need you to give him some smoke. Thank hey, you so much, Rich. Hey, Ty, he did that for 16 right. years. <laughs> That was the Rich Samini Jeff Report brought to you by the engagement experts at London Jewelers. Visit them at any of their seven locations, including Short Hills, or shop online at LondonJewelers.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. I'm filling in for Anita Marks. Uh, it's the ESPN New York Super Box Bonanza 5 starting this Monday. So tomorrow we're giving away over $10,000 in cash and prizes. And I think the $10,000 is being donated from Amani Toomer because he played oh. in the NFL. You, so you, you're just oh, giving wow. people $10,000? just coming out of your pocket? Oh, I don't know if it's coming out of my pocket. I mean, no, it ain't coming out of my pocket. <laughs> well, you got a lot of money. You played in this league. All qualifiers will get a $25 Fanatics You're on card. the radio. <laughs> You're running the show. I'm just on your show. You, you make it way more than I am. Come on now. Stop it. Stop it. All qualifiers get a $25 Fanatics <laughs> gift card and a chance at one of 10 super boxes with prizes including a big screen TV, a PS5, you know, Tom Bowers all over that. You can't get enough of the video games, MetaQuest, and much more. Get your box for the big game by listening to my guys, DPHO and Rothenberg, 6A to 10A. You got Bart and Han from noon to 3, the Michael K show from 3 to 6.30, all for a chance to win $500 in the first and third quarters, $1,000 at halftime, and a final score payout of two grand. It's all brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. For full contest details, go to ESPNNewYork.com. What do you say we go around the league? Let's do it. All right, around the league, brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. We got some NFL music we can we can cue up to get everybody in the mood. Tom Bauer. Oh, we sure do, Ty. Hang Let's on do that. Let's do that. Let's cue and... up the music. Ah, here we go. All right, so Amani, those games last night, or I start got started yesterday afternoon. Steelers uh, once again uh, getting the victory under Mike Tomlin. Seventeen straight years finishing above five hundred. They need some help today, though. Jacksonville loss or a Buffalo loss gets them into the playoffs. Uh, so they get the win against the backups for the Ravens yesterday. Big win for the Steelers. Big win for the Steelers. Big win for Mike Tomlin. Big win for my boy. Uh, my boy, my guy, the offense coordinator, Mike Sullivan, who's the wide receivers coach of the Giants. Real happy for him uh, to see him get in a position. He's always wanted to be a coordinator, and he's doing a good job at it. All right, how about C.J. Stroud and the Texans, man? This is a remarkable oh, story. You got a rookie quarterback, rookie head coach. The combination that many people want you to believe doesn't work, not a recipe for success, especially when that rookie head coach is the defensive coordinator. Uh, they get a win yesterday, 23-19, staving off the Colts on that final drive. They take a safety, which is why it ended up being a four-point win. But the Texans go into the playoffs, man. C.J. Stroud's that dude. C.J. Stroud is playing unbelievably well uh, the entire season. He left a little bit with some injuries, but, man, he just uh, – there are some people that come in the league and just can hit the ground running. And I think it has something to do with him playing in the Big Ten for so long playing at a high level, really competitive um, practices, games, everything. And that competition and that that level of competition really translates over to the league. I was really ready to compete in the league. I wasn't ready for the X's and O's and stuff. But um, that mindset of having to perform week in and week out is something that uh, that I think that people underestimate in players and in quarterbacks. And I think uh, CJ did a great job this year. And I'm interested to see how he's going to do in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching him, man. I mean, that was essentially a playoff game last night, so he got it started uh, cooking him up, him and Nico Collins. Bengals-Browns game that doesn't matter. Browns already locked in uh, to the five spot. 
and the Bengals are out of the playoffs. Vikings, Lions, it's a game of significance for Detroit because they still have an outside chance at that two seed. You get a loss uh, by Dallas, a loss by Philly, a win by Detroit. They get the two seed. Are you sold on the Lions being a legitimate contender in the NFC? Uh, not yet. Not yet. I, I like what they did against the Cowboys. They should have won that game. Uh, but, uh, you know, you could be in position to, to knocking at the upper echelon. But until you do it, you're still just in position. So I like what they've done. Love Dan Campbell, former teammate of mine. But I, I just I just can't scratch it unless it itches. And right now, it's, it's just Ooh. bothering me. It's not itching too much. That's a drop right there, and I might have stepped all over it. Jags, Titans today as well. Jags simply get in. Uh, win, win and get in situation. They win. They get the crown at the AFC South. Trevor Lawrence. We'll see if he gives it a go today, dealing with an AC joint injury. But you know, Amani, you look at the the landscape of that AFC South. Trevor Lawrence back healthy next year. You get Anthony Richardson back under center for the Colts, and then C.J. Stroud. That's going to be a fun division. Then of course the Titans. We'll see what happens with them. Uh, but that's going to be a fun division next year, man. Yeah, they got a lot of young, talented quarterbacks. Um... I really like Anthony Richardson. I just want him to be able to make it through an entire game. I think he's got to learn how to play, uh, you know, NFL football where you don't take chances. It's a long season. Um, I, I like uh, Trevor Lawrence, but man, he's he, to me, he seems like, like everybody's just tr- waiting for him to be great. Like he's man. been, he's had a great season, but he's 19 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Like that's fumbles, man. He's been fumbling a lot too. Yeah, exactly so it's like that apex. I, I, I'm with you, bro. No, and everybody's—it's him and the guy for uh, the San Diego Charge. I mean, the LA Chargers. Oh, same way. Justin they're Herbert. just like, yeah, yeah. They're just like, oh, these guys are great already. Just give them, you know, give it to them. And they still have a lot to prove. And uh, I think prove. Trevor Lawrence is up. Trevor Lawrence has 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 a, you know, he's up for the challenge. No, no question. And he's improving in many different ways all year, but let him develop into the great quarterback that people think he's going to be. Don't just give it to him. Yeah, I mean, to your point, there were, there were folks picking the Jags as a, a surprise team to come out the AFC this year. Uh, so mm-hmm. we'll see what happens as far as uh, his development. All right, Falcons-Saints, uh, that is a, a game of uh, playoff implications because if one of these teams win and then the Buccaneers lose to the Panthers, uh, they will win that uh, NFC South. Uh, but when you look at Falcons-Saints and you look at Bucks panthers uh, the three teams in the mix I just mentioned, Atlanta, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, will be hosting either the Cowboys or the Eagles in round one of the playoffs. You give any of them a shot to, to pull upsets? I know they'll be home, but it will be considered an upset. Any of those teams you give a shot? I give the New Orleans Saints a shot at the upset because I know how hard it is to play down in that dome. Tampa Bay, it's outside. It's warm weather. That's a wash. Atlanta, I've never really been in Atlanta where it was rocking to where it was a problem playing there. Uh, I think New Orleans has the best shot. I think David Carr is the best quarterback of all those. Um even though you know he's had a, he has had an up and down season with injuries, I think he's still a more effective runner. And I, I really like Alvin Kamara uh, to be a game wrecker, a one game game wrecker. Give me Alvin Kamara, give me the Saints, and uh, I think that's that has the best opportunity to 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 make it out of the first round, out of the wild card into uh, into the real playoffs. Let me quickly hit you with these before we hit a break. You've got the Packers once again for the second straight season in a win and get in situation. Week 18 at Lambeau Field. Last year was against the Lions. They lost. This year it's against Chicago. 
You got the, the Packers mm. finally getting in, or are the Bears going to prove the upset here? Oh, I think the Bears are going to prove the upset. I, I just feel that Justin Fields is playing so well. I feel like this team is just turned around over the last couple of weeks. I mean, this is a team that everybody thought was 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 dead, dead and buried. And all of a sudden, Justin Fields comes back from injury, and now they really start cooking. Um, getting back to 8-9 and nine, I think is a big deal, and knocking the, the Packers out of the playoffs is another big deal. So they'll have every bit of motivation to, to play hard and knock this Packer team out. So tonight's already juicy between the Bills and Dolphins, but it gets a lot more interesting if the Jags beat the Titans. And why is that? Uh, because Pittsburgh won last night, and if the Jags win this game today, it means the Bills will either be the number two seed or completely out of the playoffs. So they're on the road in Miami against the Dolphins team mm. with injuries. This is going to be a fun one. Who do you got tonight? Bills at Dolphins. Well, the Dolphins are already in. Um, so if I'm the Dolphin after losing um, one of their Chubb, Nick Chubb, uh, to an Bradley. injury, Bradley Chubb, Bradley Chubb, sorry, Bradley Chubb, sorry. Remember the division crown lose- is still the division the, the, the division crown is still uh, to be had, so they can get the yeah, two seed with a win here. Yeah, oof. Hey, it's <laughs> down in Miami. It's in Buffalo. It's in Miami. Ooh, oh, it's in Miami. Yeah. I, th- I think the Dolphins are going to take it. I think Buffalo is going to be out of the playoffs. All right. That was Around the League brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey, the original triple blended, triple distilled, and triple cask matured Irish whiskey. Make sure to grab a Tullamore Dew during today's action. And remember, when it's game time, it's Tully time. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Time now for the Jordan Renan Report brought to you by Sansone Auto Mall. Ten top brands, over 2,000 vehicles, one place Sansone Auto Mall in Woodbridge. Welcome in, Jordan. How you doing today, bro? Ty, what's going on, man? Ready for uh, Week 18? Beautiful Sunday outside, right? Oh, it's juicy. I mean, any any time you get the uh, the Giants who have lost 13 or 15 to the Eagles in this type of weather, sign me up, man. Sign me up. Uh, let's start here because uh, a big topic How of many conversation. Eagle fans are going to be there? You know what I mean. <laughs> the topic of conversation uh, on these airwaves this week was was that of you know the the status of the coordinators, uh, both Wink Martindale and Mike Kafka, uh, going into next season. Is your expectation that these two guys are back? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. 
This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ooh, I can't say that definitively. I think right now we don't know. I think that's that's where the Giants are in this situation. There's going to have to be some tough conversations. I not sure if they want to be back. I think that's the first thing. We have to start there. Do they want to be back? Uh, so we, we know about Wink Martindale's relationship with uh, Brian Dable. It's shaky at best. I think that's a fair way to describe it uh, most of this year. And then Mike Kafka, you have to remember, Mike Kafka is a guy who was up for head coaching jobs, and Brian Dable basically uh, became more involved in the offense earlier this year, right? It's the 30th-ranked offense. He's hovering over you know, the offensive coordinator here. How great is that setup for a guy who's looking to you know, become a head coach? So I think that's where you have to start, and I think there's uncertainty really with all three coordinators, which is fascinating because I don't know, you tell me, I can't remember a, a team with three coordinators leaving in one offseason. That would be <laughs> seem ridiculous. Even two, what does that do? That just puts the, all the, the spotlight all the pressure on Brian Dable and also puts the Giants in a weird spot because you really don't – this is a big year three for Brian Dable and Joe Shane. You really don't want to have to start over on one side of the ball or both. So, so Jordan, yeah, just I mean, the, oh, Go ahead, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, just um, Jordan, let's take that a step further. So the conversation is going to go like this. Let's say he makes a change out of coordinator and Brian Dable says, well, you know, Mr. Mara, to get the – you know, people we want are, are the best coaches out there. They're going to want to know that I'm here for a while and that it's not going to be one and done. So before we could go into the coaching marketplace, um, I like to talk about an extension because this way we could sell stability and get the best guys. And when that conversation happens from the coaching standpoint, how does John Mara react to that? Yeah, well, it hasn't been a, a great year to, to go and do that, and that's tough because Brian Dable still has multiple years left on his contract. So I, I don't know how they can do that, you know, how he can do that and how he would sort of be able to pull that off. Right? I think he got signed a five-year deal. So basically he would have three more years left. Uh, so I don't know how you can kind of pull that off. I think what Brian Dable is going to have to do in, in, is go in there and – explain, you know, hey, where we're going moving forward and then talk about the quarterback position because that's really the thing to say, okay, if we're bringing in a new offensive coordinator, right, if we get a new quarterback, that probably buys them more time. I'm talking in the draft. So is that part of the plan? Is that part of the, you know, okay, look, we're not looking at next year being we have to get better and be a playoff team next year. I'm looking at, hey, how do we build this team still towards being a winning team in the future. Because what we found out this year is, quite frankly, they're not that close. They're, several, they're probably still several years away, right, from being a, real, a, a serious contender of any sort. We look at them against the Eagles and the Cowboys, and that's really what we learned. The number one thing we learned this year is they're still very far away from being uh, competitive with the top teams in the league. Absolutely. And we looked at the Eagles, the team that lost both coordinators last year, and it held up for a little while, but as the season started going on and all the adjustments started getting made, you see the Eagles struggling with that. Um, do you? I just feel like um, 
what options do, does Kafka and Wink have? I mean, there's, they, they, it's not like they're coming off the same season they came off of last year. They're coming off, like you said, 30th in the league, bottom half in, in, uh, in, in defense and in offense. So I, I think it's a situation that's made by itself. I don't think there's anybody out there going to be beating down the doors of Wink Martindale or uh, Mike Kafka just because of how they didn't perform this year. Yeah, I would be surprised at that. I mean, when you hear teams like Jason Kelsey after they played the Eagles a couple of weeks ago, Sean McVay after they played, I mean, they, they rave about Wink and his scheme. Uh, I know it hasn't been the greatest year, but he has a track record of success. I don't think he would have a problem at all, to be honest with you, getting another job. The problem is they're all under contract one more year. So they have to figure yeah. out. They, that, that's why the tough conversations have to be. They have to sit down and say, you know, do we all want to move forward together? Is this what we want to do? And, and you know, is the relationship repairable? Is it, is it to the point where we really don't want to work with each other at all? And then uh, sort of move forward from there. So that's why I said I expect John Mara to be heavily involved in these conversations because, you know, how many – you guys tell me, is it even – even if you change two coordinators – how often does that even happen for a head coach in year three who's probably under a little bit of pressure himself to perform in year three? It, it seems a little wild to even yeah. think of that possibility. Nevertheless, three. I mean, I can't imagine John Mara would let them you know, turn over three coordinators. I, I can't imagine any owner would want to do that I think, and keep the head coach at that point. Like, what's the I, point? Yeah, I think the, the little bit of a difference, Jordan, is you know I would generally agree with you except that – you know, Brian's really the play caller, so it does take a little bit. It's it, To me, it's a little bit like Dallas, right? They move on from Kellen Moore, but the continuity of having the head coach there. So even though Brian Schottenheimer um, has the title, you know, functionally, like what Mike McCarthy does and what Dayball presumably are going to do moving forward, because I think Brian will be like, well, look, if this is a consequential season in my career, you know, I'm calling the plays. Yeah, which is why the offensive coordinator spot is the easiest one to move on from, right? Because there doesn't need to really be changed. He just takes over. And, you, and that's kind of what I'm expecting anyway at this point. Is he's been so heavily involved this year. He's going into a key year three that he says, hey, my career, my reputation's on the line. I'm going to take over the offense, basically. Talking to Jordan Renan here on New York Game Day. So what happens with Saquon Barkley? Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, we're, aren't we kind of back in the same spot as we were before? And here's the dilemma. It's, the difference right. – uh, can I just – can I just uh, – I know it was a, yeah, a rhetorical question. The difference is – because it's not exactly the same spot. He's a year older. He, he stayed healthy yeah. the entirety of last season. He missed three games this year. So, I mean, it's kind of similar but different at the same time. Yeah, well, what I'm talking about in the same spot is that you're like, this is a Giants team – that is clearly short on weapons, right? First of all, let's look at the offense as a whole. They need multiple offense starting offensive linemen, right? They need to figure out right tackle. They need at least a guard starting guard, okay? They need some good players at those spots. They need a number one wide receiver. They need to figure out their quarterback position. They need at least one quarterback added to the roster, right? Potentially high in the draft. If you add running back to that list as well now, I mean – you just keep adding it. He is their best weapon, right? And you say, okay, well, it doesn't make sense financially to bring Saquon back. Now you have another massive hole to fill. They have a lot of holes to fill. 
So here's a guy who's already there, and if they really wanted to this year, they're they're a much better cap shape. You know, taking on the franchise tag, it was it would be like 12.1 million for Saquon. They could digest that, even though if it's potentially overpaying a little bit, that they could they could absorb that. The, the flip side is if you want to come to a long term deal, if you're willing to, it's basically two years, right? Are you willing to pay two years, 24, 25 million dollars for Saquon Barkley? You know, that that's basically the number that'll probably get it done. And uh, I don't know, they didn't show an inclination to want to do it last year. So I'm kind of in the boat of why would they do it now this year? Yeah. I just, because he's their best uh, player and he's their best person and he's a leader and he's selfless and says and does the right thing every day and sends the right message to the locker room. Yeah, but they didn't want to do it last year. So that's why I'm, <laughs> I, I, I totally understand the reasoning, but they didn't want yeah. to do it. So why should I think they want to do it now, right? Well, and, and, so, and, you know, like. I, I think the, they probably the, want to string them along even more one year at a time. And that's, you, that's where they're at. You, that you that know would be funny? what I think at the moment. You know why, yeah. Jordan? Because, you know. You, you want to be selfless and thoughtful and open-minded. One of the questions when we bring people in, especially the higher up they are, is one of the first questions I would ask somebody is, tell me a time that you went into a meeting and someone changed your mind. And so you could have institutional hubris and put your feet up and say, this is how we do it, or we could be thoughtful, honest, sober, and humble and say, you know, we tried plan A, that didn't work. We're going to learn, grow, and be better the next time. So, and that's not just, you know, how you pay your running back, but that's really how you should run an organization is to say, like, okay, you know, I I have to hold myself to a standard. I have to be honest and sober about which decisions worked and didn't and why. And we're building an organization and a culture. And where did we go wrong and how do we fix it? But here's the thing, and I, I get that and I totally understand. If what happened last year happened this year, right, and he played great and played 16 games, then I, I think they'd, they'd be more apt to look at it like, you know what, maybe we should have signed them long-term. Instead, what happened, they weren't a good team, haven't run the ball particularly well. He got injured. He missed three games. It's, you know, so it's not like they're going to be standing there saying, well, we, we got that wrong. Now we can kind of you know, correct ourselves here. I, so it's, it's actually probably the opposite in their own head. I think they're saying they validated why we didn't want to sign him long-term. Talking to Jordan Renan here. Uh, yeah, Amanda, you got a question for him? Yeah, I was just saying, man, going back on that that thing, it's like, yeah, just like Mike Tambaugh said, it's like, okay, so now you're going to add a new problem. Uh, you have a difference maker, and you and you have a guy who uh, just, you know, you have to figure out where he is every snap of the ball. Now, because if you do let him go and move on from Saquon, you're just exacerbating that problem because now you don't. And so it's going to be even yeah. tougher to game plan without that guy. Even though he's not – maybe the numbers aren't there, the effect, the overall effect on that team is there. So I, 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 I never thought it was a good idea. I always think that if you draft a player and he plays well for you, you keep him. And that gives – that's good yeah. for the locker room. That's good for uh, everybody. And then you have a sense of what it means to be a New York Giant. And um, I, I – I, I, I understand why they're doing it. I, I just fundamentally disagree. And regardless of position, you got to pay your players that play well. Yeah. Well, remember, they might want to keep bringing him back just on their terms, which is, hey, we'll string this along one year at a time, which is why the franchise tag 
still remains a realistic option at $12.1 million. Wow. wow. Jordan, is there is there a quarterback or quarterbacks the Giants love in this draft? I can't tell you that at this point in time. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think anybody can. Uh, look, the likelihood is that the top two quarterbacks are going to be Caleb Williams and Drake May, unless the Giants trade up. They're not going to be probably be able to get either of those two guys, and they'll be in the next range of quarterbacks. Uh, from talking to people, it's likely Jaden Daniels, even though there's people that are a little concerned about his frame. I know people want to say, well, what about Michael Penix Jr.? That's a very tough uh, investment, given his medical history. Right? I mean, two ACLs, four straight seasons at one point, ended for him by injury, uh, drafting a guy in the top five, top ten. With that kind of medical history, that's that's a very tough gamble to make, especially when what's your their biggest look? They believe in Daniel Jones, whatever anybody thinks about Daniel Jones as a player. They clearly like Daniel Jones as a player and believe in him. But what's his biggest problem? What's the problem with him right now? It's health. investing in him Andrews. and building your team around health. Yeah, so there's already a huge medical risk there. So then take another another medical risk at quarterback would seem like a curious decision. So. Hey, um, I'd be surprised if it went that way. Jordan, just uh, switching gears here, you know, around the league this weekend, you, you see, you know, surprise results. Teams, you know, exceed expectations, play hard like Detroit did a year ago, beat Green Bay and Green Bay. Dan Campbell always says, mm-hmm. if we're not in, they're not in, and sets the foundation for the following year. You're around this team every day, Jordan. What's your gut? Are the Giants going to play great today, very competitive with a lot of energy, or – is it going to go the other way? Uh, I think they'll be competitive. I mean, there's not that much out there to tell me that they're not going to be competitive and play hard. They, that, like That's the one thing you could say about this team this year, right, is that they have done that the second half of the season for the most part, even though they've been out of it, you know, since who knows when. We could sit here and tell, tell you they've been out of it since week four. But, no, nah, so, you know, Tyrod Taylor's in. He's out to prove something. He's going to be a free agent. He knows that as well. So I, I think there's there's a bunch of guys that are motivated. Sterling Shepard knows that this is likely his last game with the Giants. Saquon is unsure what his future is. So I think they're they're actually, for a team in the spot that they are, they're fairly motivated, and I do expect them to compete and play hard now. They're clearly not the better team. Monty before was bringing up the Eagles' problems. Like, wouldn't do you think? What do you, do you think the Giants would love to have the Eagles' problems and have their record, right? All their problems, what do they have? What are they at right now? 11 wins? Are they 11 and 5? Yeah. yeah. 11 and 5, yeah. Like, like, Still can get the 2 seed. Isn't that a great thing? You can have all those problems here, 11 and 5. <laughs> Man, yeah. the Giants would, would die for that. <laughs> so, but no, no, but I, I do agree. expect them to be competitive. Yeah. So, nothing well, has shown us otherwise. Well, we appreciate you uh, joining us today, Jordan. Have some fun in that weather, man. That that's going to be a fun time. Giants, Eagles, this afternoon. Make sure you keep uh, keep it locked on Jordan Renan's Twitter. He'll keep you posted on all the happenings around the Giants. Big questions around the coordinators, Saquon. So a whole lot to get to with Jordan. Appreciate you joining the program, man. You got a time. Yo, little dirty little secret. What's that? that press box is mighty is mighty comfortable. You know, seventy mm. seventy two degrees. You know, there's coffee, hot chocolate, tea, whatever you need, dessert tray. Be all right. I'll tough it out. Uh, you got to smuggle me some of those uh, Mrs. Fields cookies, please. Next time I see you. <laughs> you know it. Hey, that's yeah, the- yeah. Enjoy, guys.
Thanks. Hey, hey, Ty. What's up? So if I could just bring the listeners a little bit behind the scenes. So Let's do it. The, the esteemed it. Chris Carlin just joined us in the box. Oh. And I'm telling him that we have to have the windows open for our broadcast, and he's absolutely insisting to keep these windows closed. So we have a massive argument right here behind the scenes about how we're going to handle these adverse conditions here in Foxborough. Oh, man. Chris Carlin's oh, in the wow. booth. We might have to – is there a, sh a shot we can hear from him? It's been hold a while on, since hold on, he's been hold on, on these on one second. Chris, the people are calling for you. <laughs> It's, Chris uh, Carlin. It's, it's Ty Butler. It's Ty Butler and the overpaid Imani tumor. <laughs> Chris, what's going on, man? It's been a long time. Oh, here we go. We're figuring it out. We're doing this on the fly. We're, we're trying to get Chris Carlin Fellas, locked in low. Yeah, I can't hear. I'm sorry. I don't. Oh, you can't hear us. Oh, maybe we'll. All right, so let's do this. Let's hit a break. <laughs> maybe we come back and we hear from a little Chris Carlin. Why not? That's the Jordan Renan Report brought to you by Sansone Auto Mall. Make your best deal right now at Sansone Auto Mall. Tell them Bart Scott sent you. Take an extra $1,000 off your best deal. Call 1-800-SANSONE today. Ty Butler, Mike Tannenbaum, Amani Tuman. Maybe we'll hear from Chris Carlin. So still a whole lot to do. New York game day, an hour to play with right here on 98.7 ESPN.